Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by PRMG. PRMG is proud to offer AIM members world-class solutions that help brokers like you create speed to lead and compete with the large lenders. Enjoy a full suite of state-of-the-art technology and world-class training from the masters themselves, Barry Habib and Dale Vermillion, all absolutely free. Remember, we don't grow without TPO. Find out how PRMG and its competitive pricing can help you grow your business by emailing us at partnerships at aimgroup.com to get connected today. Welcome everyone back to another, another, I'm telling you, exciting. It's going to be a great edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am the president of AIM. Now, the gentleman that I'm about to introduce, he was one of the first people I met at one of our first events, and we've stayed in contact ever since then. Always a huge supporter of AIM, um, always has great insight on our industry. So I'm really excited today that I'll be interviewing a mortgage advisor for Mara's Mortgage, QB Hernandez. QB, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Mark. Uh, good morning. I I, uh, I, I told a couple uh, younger new millennials on our team, I was being interviewed by Mark Summers and... Um, I, I think they thought I was talking about the double dare guy. And I said, no, it's a different, very positive other guy that, that, that you, more positive than, than the, than the OG, uh, you know, double dare guy, but you know, yeah, the, 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 uh, definitely a, a legend in our industry, but yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. Yeah, no problem. I, I and, and you know, the Mark Summers double dare host him and I spell the name the exact same way. And I grew up with that my entire life. And I just finally succumbed to it. And I said, listen, my dad lives in Orlando, Florida. He does double dare, but I stay up here. So I've, I, I still roll with it. But no. So Hubie, once again, thanks for joining us today. Um, you you and your family have a unique business. Uh, the fact that it's business and and I want to hear your background. I want to hear how you guys got started in this at Mars Mortgage and where it's going. So just give me the whole background on your on your company and how you got in the industry. Uh, you know, I guess, um, you know, talking about how Cuberto Sr. got in, in a nutshell was, uh, I mean, you have a young guy who's, who uh, him and his wife, my mom, uh, Kimberly, uh, met in Mexico. He's a student. He's a scientist, um, pretty academic guy. Mom, big into family, um, you know, fall in love in Mexico. Uh, she's on vacation. She's from California. Uh, and he had a mom who we named our company after, uh, Soledad Mares. She passed away a couple of years ago, um, which was a tough one, but that's who we named our company after. Um, so Mares comes from the matriarch, as we call her. Um, we sometimes even now recently uh, 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 took something from another brand that said Abuela approved. Um, so, you know, we talk about family a lot and it goes all the way back to that. So um, Cuberto Sr., you know, came to the U.S., realized with, with, a, with a little family, you know, I was on the way, um, I, excuse me, I was in the, I was already born, brother on the way, Christian, who I'm partners with, um, and you know him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and our parents came together and they started building wealth through home ownership. My mom was actually the one who would talk a lot about it. And my dad uh, did his first loan application for the loan officer on his own because she left the blank loan app in a rush on his on the desk and this is you know in the in the uh, late 80s he filled out his 1003 on his own um until until this year you know it was the same 1003 <laughs> from from 1988 <laughs> until until now identical um and he filled it out perfectly uh next day he gives it to his loan officer and she's like who helped you fill this out you know like who are you working with and he's like I, I, uh, you know, I filled this out on my own and she's like, okay, you, you know, 
I know that you're a noble scientist working at Scripps Institute. You're washing boats for a living. Uh, he's got a great story, uh, you know, washing boats in the harbor, working two jobs. And she's like, you know, I think you could probably make a little more money as a loan officer, you know, no offense. He would just translate at night. He would uh, do a translation for his, uh, the loan officer, uh, her name was Sherry. Um, didn't turn out to be the best person. <laughs> you know, he went through the whole tough process of, you know, a, a really tough overhaul of working for another broker and realizing that, um, you know, they were just keeping commissions and, you know, he wasn't getting paid correctly and kind of getting a little bit, uh, uh, you know, like underhanded, you know, I guess you could say for lack of a better word. So, you know, he got brought into the industry tough. I mean, really, really tough. And I was, a, you know, he had two kids already when he's going through all this stuff. So uh, Mara's mortgage started from that sort of working on his own independent, then going retail, having kind of like, you know, working for a retail guy that was great, very clean shop, and then asking the owner if he could buy the, the branch and made Mara's mortgage. And this was early 90s, uh, 1993, excuse me, 19, yeah, 1993. So next year is 29 years in business. Wow. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's about as quick as I can make it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a, just a really good guy. Um, he's one of my, you know, my, my brother and I say he's the best guy we know, honestly. So we, uh, we love our dad. That's awesome that you're able to work with family. And I know you guys have a strong family uh, foundation and it's, everyone in the everyone in the industry knows that, which is great. So like when you guys were growing up, did you know that you were going to work in the industry or was it forced on you? Did you guys love it? How, how did that happen? Uh, you know, our family was was interesting because you can imagine like we have parents who never made excuses. If you heard all the stories that we were, uh, we were well, all the things we experienced growing up, it was like, will to win, survive. I mean, a lot of stuff that um, people in our industry leaders talk about. I mean, we're all so similar. Um, I, I hear stories about other loan officers and I, and I admire them so much because um, it, it is a tough job every day. You know, like clear, clearing loans to close is easier now, obviously, with the speed and technology. But no one's, no one's uh, you know, inventing, advising a client, you know, where to get their PLs from, you know, like how to do all this, some of the complicated aspects of our job, um, you know, reading um, the press release from UWM telling stories about things people have done for their customers. That was how we grew up. Um, just hearing things that our mom and dad would do for families. Um, you know, we had the come up, as I call it, the like Christmases got better when I was about nine years old, uh, where you know, I'm like, oh, like this Christmas felt a little different from the first eight Christmases I've had in my life, you know, not that I remember them all. So, um, you know, we kind of had that life. Um, uh, we, have, we have a baby sister that was born a couple of years after that. And and so, no, I mean, we were just told to work hard. Um, I was less academic. I was a little more of a like an athlete. Um, I, I, I played water polo as a 13 year old. I kind of found that sport a little later in life. Um, my parents said, you got to you got to always do sports or academics. You, you got to do one or the other. There's no choice. Um, and in the summer, I would I would take loan applications. I would fill out lead forms uh, to make extra money in the summer. And my feeling was, my dad wouldn't make it easy. But in the summer, when I would you know fill out lead um, you know like potential leads, I would go through the database and I would write down what their rate was. Um, this is old school stuff. This is mm -hmm. you know 90s like. Write down oh, their yeah. interest rate, name, phone number, what program I'm suggesting. And at that time, I would always suggest adjustable rate mortgage because I thought 
well, the rate's lower. Like just as a, this is a 15 year old, um, the maturity. And my dad would always come back and say, you can't present this. And I was like, why it's a lower rate. And he's like, you don't get it. Like you can't present this loan option. Like this is not good for them. And I was like, okay, you know, like not like getting it, you know, and now, you know, we're almost like early two thousands when I'm still, you know, I'm 36 years old. So, you know, th these kinds of loans were existing already. Right. So I, I was like, okay, so, so I didn't really know why in depth as a young person, but in the summer, I just knew, look, I didn't mean to work in this industry. I started in 2007, tough road, tough paving. Um, Cause I joined when it was pretty much a, in the, in the toilet. And I knew that it was in the toilet, you know, like everything was all messed up, but my dad was doing right by the community. Um, people were not losing their homes under his watch. Uh, he would do loan modifications for free. Um, we would both do loan modifications for people for free. Um, I remember at one point just to make ends meet, I was uh, getting 300 bucks. Uh, clients would give me 300 bucks to help them with their loan, their loan modification. Like just as a thank you, they'd be like, what do you want? I was like, look, like if you want to pay me what you what someone pays a notary, I'll take the fee. Well, all those little notaries I was doing because I was a notary and all those little modifications when I'd go to people's houses and they didn't qualify, um, I didn't realize how many seeds that was planting in my future business, you know, and just what that has become today where people who you would say were losers in 2008, 9, 10, and 11 helping them keep their homes, helping them turn the corner financially, and just all of what that that created for us as a, as a business today. I can't even tell you at the time you would do it knowing that you're going to get benefits, but at the time, very few people chose to do that for, for the consumer. So gotcha. yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah. You definitely were planting a ton of seeds because they bounced back and now they're coming back to you because you did them a favor and you did, you were good to your community. You were good to those people. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, to, you know, 2011, I can tell you something that, that we did tell ourselves as it relates to right now, I would tell brokers regarding um, just kind of how like coming out of COVID, I think there's like other things we're kind of experiencing, which is, you know, mental health with our, and within our industry, like mental health within our workplace and just keeping people um, happy and just um, helping them uh, be restored authentically, not just like, take the weekend off um, kind of stuff. Like we've been giving everyone uh, restorative time off. Uh, every person on the team, I think like has been given, given like a week and a half vacation because they worked their butts off last year. Uh, no one got COVID. We worked through the whole thing. Um, we created zones. I could tell you the whole story about how we've created like, you know, like safe zones so that no one could cross over uh, other parts of the office. So if someone got COVID, if they did, they wouldn't give it to the rest of the team just stuff that we were doing last year and just seeing everyone come out of it pretty stressed still because we're, we're, we're actually having a bigger year this year than we did last year, which is like shocking. Like we're, we're all kind of surprised. Um, but now we're all, we, we rebuilt our systems to be faster. We rebuilt our team synergy to be a little bit better. We added people, you know, it's just, it's a different, uh, uh, we, we've adapted, but people are not mentally that they weren't there back in March um, just, it was tough. Like people were just still like, really like, you know, we had one person who lost six family members to COVID, not exaggerating. Um, and so, you know, just seeing like the, like that experience, um, it, it's just interesting. So Cuberto senior Christian and I, 
um, as like co-owners, um, uh, we believe that we have to restore the people who got us here. You know, like we gotta do right by the team, and and yeah, they might need more time than 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 we expected, and they're not taking advantage. They're they're hard workers. I mean, right. my God, they're setting records every month. What more do we want them to do? You know, like they're it's an awesome uh, group we have. So, yeah, it's just it's just stuff you know like that that um, comparing it to from 2011 the comeback to 20 um, 21. You know, 10 years later, we really look at those two years. And at 2011, it was just so tough. We couldn't really make a comeback and really do that because we weren't there. We had it. We didn't have the growth yet as a team. Cuberto Senior didn't really have CEO growth yet. Um, I was not really a sales manager type growth yet. Um, I'm always practicing, always trying to get better. Christian wasn't really an ops guy yet. You know, he's, you know, we were pretty young, obviously. Now, just being able to have the same guys stick together and then now knowing what to do in the crisis and now how we want to come out of the of the ashes, you know, of, of what our people are experiencing. That's that right now is what feels good is that we don't have all the answers, but I feel like our experience is paying off right now. Dude, that's that's awesome. I, I love everything you just said right there, especially the mental health, because literally probably from the middle of last year, even to this day, I still talk about mental health and how it's so important because, you know, our industry, we beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up so, so bad. Like, yes, we may get 10 clear to closes in one week, but we have that one file that fails and we beat ourselves up for it. And we really shouldn't, we just be honest about it. This is what happened. And then obviously you care for them because they're human beings and they're people. But at the same time, we can't beat ourselves up. You got to take time for yourself. You got to set your goals, hit your goals, and then give yourself a reward. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mark. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, we appreciate the whole the, the whole community, though. I mean, the stories that people tell. Um, we're, I mean, we call it. We we actually call beating ourselves up uh, being ordinary, um, because, like, the place that that type of behavior comes from is the world of being ordinary, and there's nothing wrong with being ordinary. We tell people like we're not making you wrong when we say we're being ordinary today. Like, I uh, recently had a conversation with a friend, personal life with about another friend. And I was very ordinary in my conversation. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> I was very ordinary. And I, I, I was beating him up about it. I was like, well, you know, and, and, and it was just a super dysfunctional way to talk to a friend. And, and was it any of it false? No, but just cause it's true. Doesn't mean you're being ordinary. Like right. you're still being ordinary. Even if everything you said is true, there's an extraordinary way to deliver it. And so we always kind of like, there's a ton of stuff we talk about. Um, Cuberto Sr. Um, has, you know, his, his, his volume shift, it doesn't show up in his MMI because you don't see the stat line of like, you know, you look at guys in the NBA and you look at people who just choose to toe the line for the superstars and you don't know their stats, right? Like their stats don't show up. But when you look at their plus minus, when all the superstars are on the court, that's when you know that they're a part of it. Right. When Cuberto Sr. is not there, you don't see it in the MMI. You wouldn't see it on UWM's ranking. You wouldn't see it there. But when you look at what the team's production is, when he's helping us as a team and he's helping the mental health of the team, which is um, every Friday morning, he sends out one person on the team called him the letters which I thought was very professional today. I just heard that in our team meeting, um, Cuberto's letters. 
I thought it was like really profound because they are letters. I mean, you could save every single one and they're like, I mean, you're like, wow, this is like, I know I'm biased a little bit, but it's like Thomas Jefferson stuff. You know, it's like <laughs> letters from Thomas Jefferson, you know, you're like, you know, or, or, or whoever your, your, your favorite person, you know, like Abraham Lincoln's letters, you know, from the president, but I'm reading these, these every Tuesday and then every, excuse me, every Friday morning. And we have our Tuesday alignment, Tuesday alignment, uh, team meeting. And then Friday we do the weekly action plan. Um, he came up with the weekly action plan acronym way before the Cardi B song came out, just for the record. Okay. So, I just got that. <laughs> so, so, so now we do like saying like, Oh, you got to do the weekly action plan. <laughs> like, right. There's a little bit of a millennial joke going on, but it's fun. So, so the point is Cuberto seniors got our backs. I mean, every day and, and it doesn't show up. Right. But, you know that what's your plus minus when that guy's on the court because he's on the court and what our plus minus our plus is we're all we're all setting records and the minus when he's on a vacation or on a trip is there you're like wow like we feel it you know as a leader so it's um you know mark i think you're like you, you remind me of a guy like that by the way I, I i meant that as a compl indirect compliment to you mark honestly just because I've seen you involved, you know, you're a real stable person within our, within our organization and the stability does so much, you know, it's like being a father to the organization is shows up everywhere. You know, it's like who Mark is in his personal life. It, like, you know, I see your kids doing well and they're happy kids and they're just like enjoying competing. That's who you show up as everywhere. And, and that's what we talk about who you are in this community shows up everywhere else. Like it'll show up in your personal work life, it'll show up in your, in your, in your, um, in your kids' athletic careers. It'll show up in your kids' academics. It'll show up in your dog, like how your dog's energy is when you come home. I mean, everything. So yeah, we, we, we love it. Well, well, first, thank you for the kind words. And secondly, no, you're right. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right with everything you said. So the one thing you touched base on was community. And that's what I want to dive into. I, I am an extension of a lot of great people, my friends, my family, uh, my wife every day, you know, I tell her, you know, she's my guide, you know, there's things that, you know, you, you kind of realize, oh man, you know, I, I could have done that a little different and you adapt and you shift. So, um, you know, we're, we're really excited that, 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 that the, the direction of aim is to uphold community and, 100%. and, and you look at that and that, and that will never fail because we're not, there was a good analogy we got in one of the letters one, one day um, that Cudberto Sr. is kind of like a low-key cool guy. He, he, he's funny. He, he like does these things where he's like, I got this, um, I kept this from a men's health magazine from like 2005. And I'm like, dang, dude, the OG's reading men's health, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm like, geez, you know, so he has this clip. This thing he saved, like, you know, how long, 17 years, you know, or whatever it is, you know, like 11, sorry, poor math, uh, you know, whatever it is, 16 long years time ago. ago. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so, so we read it and it talks about as AIM, you, you can't beat us if we continue to uphold one another and uphold community. Why? Because it's, it's the, the very definition of, of upholding one another as fabric. And Cuberto Sr. did this and he goes on the Zoom call, I forget when, you know, he's like, here's fabric, here's fabric, right? Whatever you want to call it, you know, making your lattice, right? Or whatever you want to refer to this as. In most organizations, it's puppets where you have leadership and everything is down from the bottom and up from the top. 
So what it is, is that you have a puppeteer holding everyone up by strings, right? It's like, this is how it works. But in, in, the, in the brokers are better community and, and in our community, the way we uphold one another is you have uplifting coming from all different directions and you have leadership starting from our leaders at Finance of America, HomePoint, UWM, PRMG. You have all the, all the leaders, the key leaders sending us it, you know, uh, an, up, an, an uplifting message. And right. then it's coming right back from the, uh, from the community. So believe me when I tell you that if you do a thousand good deeds and you look at it, you know, even every day in, in Arizona, great broker stewardship, you look every day what, what they're doing. And you look, if you do good deeds all the time, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of it. It doesn't matter if people think you're doing it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, whatever. You are upholding a community. And now guess what? That community now relies on you and they're going to uphold you too. It's, it goes both ways. It, it somewhat sounds selfish, but it's not. It's, it's actually not. the healthy way to be. We, we all got to win. Like I'm going to uphold you and you're going to uphold me and we're going to win together. So, and, and I know I just sounded like, like, uh, like, like, like Matt on that one. So I got to, <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes you're like, you're like trademark. Yeah, trademark right. Ishbia, you know, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's right. And you're right. You know what I mean? Like my, my most favorite thing about aim itself is trust me. And I, I truly believe that we've done a lot of great things and we're going to continue to do great things. But my favorite thing, and I talk about this every time I do a presentation, everything is the community. It, it's my most favorite thing because we're in this together and we're finally realizing it now that we're in it together. And the more that we can help each other, the better we're all off going to be. You're, I, I don't want to add, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Done, done, done. Yes. So, okay. So what do you, okay. So I know you also do a lot of stuff in your local community. Can you give me some, some ideas of what you do in your local community? Yeah. Um, well, okay. Obviously there's like little stuff. Like when we go on walks, my kids and I, we pick up trash. Right. But I, I don't think you want to hear about those ones. I think that's a little, <laughs> it is um, what it is. It is what, you know, so, so, so we always talk about that. I'm like, look, come home with a few pieces of trash. I mean, at any level, everyone can kind of, um, there's something you can do. Like, you know, it's like I always say, there's something you can do to, to, to help your community. I mean, there's a, there's an awesome kid that, um, uh, Gilberto Senior sits on this uh, non. He, he's actually a really great nonprofit advisor. So um, I'm going to put the line out there. He told me to, that that I could actually a while back. So I'm going to do it. That if anyone in AIM organization um, is interested in upholding a nonprofit or kind of understanding like locally what it takes to do that, Gilberto uh, Senior told me, "Hey, you anyone wants to do stuff like that? I'm going to show them the fast track." kind of like how we do loan applications. Here's the mm -hmm. fastest way to just get it established, get it done so the paperwork's out of the way and then you can go and do the things that matter, which is you know, building your community. So um, where that comes from is that uh, he, he started, um, I think it was about four years ago, um, his like biggest project, which was the Mares Foundation. Um, that's something that, that, that he does. Um, and, and, I, and I know you asked me what I do and I'll, and I'll tell you um, in a minute, but I wanna share that that foundation, what it's done and what we do as a company to uphold it. Um, you know, he, I think he said worldwide, there's over um, 4,000 volunteers being given support every day. Um, and, it, and the whole purpose of it is ocean um, literacy and, and specifically ocean literacy is, you know, like literally what it means is just educating kids at the, at the early stages in countries where there's not an education um, 
program for kids to learn about ocean um, conservation, you know, I guess specifically, um, that's, that's the mission, um, educating kids. And it does come from every day um, in our, in our company, we have a benefit that we don't really like tell people until their, their kids are of college years, but we've helped tons of our, our customers um, help their kids apply for college. Um, recently, I, I mean, I remember like, I was shocked that one of the kids I helped, uh, he, his dad called me and he's like, I was like, he's like, what do I need to do? I was like, okay, this is what you do. And, and he's like, well, I know you said college, but my kid's actually in the seventh grade. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, I want him to go to a private school because in my neighborhood, the school he's going to go to, I just don't have the, the support. I don't even know what to do to help him. He needs to be in a, in a private school. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's pretty bougie. Like this kid's, he's talking, he's talking about putting his kid in private school and this guy's right. a pizza man. You know, I'm thinking to myself, geez, you know, like, come on, like set your goals a little lower, you know, like whatever. So he came in and I showed him how to do the paperwork. We did it together, turned it in and um, have the son come in. He writes an essay and the kid blows me away and he writes an essay about childhood obesity. And I'm like, how does a seventh grader or excuse me, uh, beginning of eighth grade now, how does an eighth grader have the presence of mind with parents who are, are basically illiterate, who grows up in a Hispanic community where he eats well every day and he's he can eat whatever he wants all the time. Yeah, this guy has, this kid has, is amazing, you know, like, I think the dad knows what he has here, you know, it kind of reminded me of the story that, like, of my dad in Mexico getting straight A's with no help, like, you know, just with his mother's um, perseverance of just giving him a safe home, as safe as it can be in Mexico City. Anyways, fast forward, um, he got a scholarship to that uh, private school, they were blown away by his essay. Um, and the parents' financial situation, um, private school locally, and then got a scholarship to uh, University of Redlands later on. Um, and we helped him do those college applications for multiple universities. And he chose the private school again. And not, not that, that there's not a difference. My kids go to public school. I believe in the public school system. But I also have the fortune of living in a good area. And it's different, right? Everyone's right. different. Everyone's up against different um, circumstances. So uh, that's one thing um, is mentorship is something I believe in. And, um, and I tell people, there's no fake way to be a mentor. Um, choosing young people who don't just have something to offer you um, and also mentoring people who are different than you. And I'm, I'm clear with people, look, I'm, I'm a, a pretty progressive person. I, I, I don't need to hide that with people. Like I, I just, I lean in that way in life, but I do know that there's righteousness in being conservative too, right? Like I understand. And I know that like, we all have to be in this together. I know that there is there's goodness in in all of our friends. So the one thing is, is that we I believe in mentoring and I go back to my uh, university, Loyola Marymount, and I'm mentoring a lot of kids that are really privileged in the conservative community. And you know what? I need to because my feeling is I want them to know that not everyone on this side is this way, like we all think it is in the news or everyone on your side is a certain way. I know that's not true. I, I know that there's a lot of good people like us where you look at AIM and it's diverse. Yeah. I want it to be even more diverse. It's actually better when we're all have differences of opinions, differences in our markets. Like I don't, I don't take a knock on someone who says, Hey, in my market, I have to be at two and a half percent comp plan. And I'm like, okay, like I'm not, who am I to judge what your comp plan is? Right. I'm in orange County. My loan amounts this year, we just checked our average loan amounts, almost $600,000 now. I mean, we're a jumbo lender. Of course, our compensation plan set much lower. You know, like that's 
that's just a different market. We're all different. We're, we're, we're meeting the needs of the United States of America coast to coast, right? Like right, we're talking right. about a, a very different place. So, you know, it's, it's a, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the mentorship, but everyone has to do something. Christian's really involved, deeply involved in the boys and girls club locally, but we all are doing something. So. And that's, that's all we can do. You know what I mean? And, and there's, there's no right or wrong. And that's the, the only wrong is not doing anything. Let's just be honest here. So if it is, as you say, picking up trash on the side of the road, you're doing it for the right reason, then that's great. If you can give, if you guys can start your own foundation, that's great. You know what I mean? But it's, you can't be judgy about it. Just know that you're giving back to the community. So, but you did bring up something here, which is jumbo loans. And we should probably talk a little mortgages here. <laughs> yeah. So you guys do a lot of jumbo loans. How did you guys, how did you guys get into that market? Um, you, you know, we, we're not going to ever like say like, oh, this is our circumstance right now. The one thing that we've, that, that we did when we were, when we became established in the Orange County community was we got to know our market. And so the one thing is, is that if you want to really be, you know, you know, make, make, make the claim that you're an expert in something, you better be willing to give up the business. So something really interesting that happened for many years was Christian and I um, would align and, and in jumbo before some of the bigger guys in our industry that, that are, that are um, non wholesale. Mm -hmm. You had to do jumbo loans brokered with someone who's wholesaling just because from a competitive standpoint, the pricing wasn't there, not even close to compete. So right. it kind of began as an effort of do what's necessary to win the customer, right? Like, you know, it, it, you know, we have partners that, that we still stay in contact with. Now we're leaning less because we love that we can do um, released or non-released loans with our own partners. Uh, and there's jumbo options now with, uh, I think UWM and Finance of America are like two really awesome options that like really with those two, you're winning. But in the jumbo community, I will say that it's not, it's not wealthy people. I want to like really like reiterate that. I, I think sometimes we think like, we forget that like a billion dollars, like a billionaire and even someone worth like north of $50 million net worth or north of 25 million, None of those people are getting jumbo loans. I, I, I want to make sure everyone understands that. So to begin with, it's like, know your market. I, I, I got really in depth. If, if anyone wants to refer back to the brokers or better um, playbook for jumbo, I got very in depth and I really kind of presented that as something that just won't age, I guess. Like I tried to really present it as a way to um, like a playbook that doesn't, it's not specific to a time, you know, like I don't really get into like rates or programs specifically, right. but more what's the mindset it's regular people, but they are savvier. Yeah. They have access to technology. They have access to B of A's portal right on their website. You know, they log in to show you proof of funds and what's B of A going to hit them with internally is a rate quote from their jumbo team. Right? So it, it, you are competing on a, on a very, very level playing field, what I would call it. Um, I call it level because I don't think they have an advantage over me. I think I'm, I'm capable of winning regardless. And we do win because we win with service. We win with sometimes even the rate, but educating people on the rate, meaning mm -hmm. sometimes you need to have $250,000 of reserves. If you want to get that better interest rate, I mean, you would be surprised, but in our market, a lot of the people buying in jumbo. $822,000 loan amount, 
doesn't even get you in a suburb. It doesn't even get you in a in a uh, community like Costa Mesa or cities in Long Beach or cities in Ventura County. Um, you can even go to NorCal and there's and there's places where you can't get a loan. Um, even Riverside, anything over eight hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars, right? There's some great communities to live in 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 uh, non-high cost areas that are already jumbo at six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars. So just know that we early on aligned with retailers and we would say, look, I know who the best retail lenders are and I, and I can name my competition by name. So what I learned in the NCAA was the only way I can beat USC, the only way we're going to be ever beat Cal Berkeley, the only, you know, when we played and I'm from Loyola Marymount and we were ranked for like fifth or sixth in the nation at the time, the only way we're going to beat UC Santa Barbara and these old time programs like UCI and all these teams is we have to know them. Now, if you're in a jumbo market and you don't know who your competition is and you don't know them, I mean, know them literally, like, do you know them by name? Like, do you have conversations with them? I do have conversations with my competition. When I go to these big tournaments, sometimes my team was a little put off by it, but I would shoot the breeze with the two stars of USC or the two stars of UCLA. I'm like, I want to know them. I want to know how they think. I want right. to know their weaknesses. I want to know like how, how how they react to things, you know, how they react in a conversation. It gives me an edge in the game. So we really do know our competition. We know the top guys at Citibank, Wells Fargo, and um, B of, not even B of A. They don't, we don't even compete with them. They're not even there. But just say Wells Fargo and Citibank. You know, like those two teams, I know it's two or three of their top LOs. And I'll ch chat with them and say, you know, I think I have a referral for you guys. And someone's like, wait a minute, like, why would you send? Because my feeling is, if that customer knows that I'm the best option, even if I'm giving it up to a retailer, because it just made sense to choose who I'm going to lose to, I choose that way. But that reinforces our community, because guess what those guys can't do? They can't do about 80% of the loans they see. Right. So, so there's a reinforcement of upholding your community and knowing thy enemy. You know, like I, it goes back to stuff I'm telling you, like you can't be scared of what you don't know. Like if I'm sitting here listening to CNN and you're sitting here listening to Fox News, that's a problem for both of us, like a serious problem. Right. So, 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 so we got to get off that, that, that hamster wheel and start getting into something that's a little more, you know, like has some substance to it or we're not going to really be competing. Right. So yeah, that's kind of how we, how we operate. That's awesome. That's awesome. QB, this is, this is great. All right. So last thing that we always do on these podcasts to, to wrap it up is stage is yours. And the stage has been yours the whole day, but the stage is yours right now. Um, what advice you want to give to the community or what's something you want to tell the community? Um, you know, right now I'm reading a, a, a book by uh, Jay Shetty um, called think like a monk. And uh, he, he had a good one for me. He said, uh, don't be a savior. And, and it was kind of funny because I, I thought we're so used as, used to as brokers um, getting in this path of, or excuse me, in this, um, you know, I guess you could say like a routine. We're in a routine of conditioning, right? Underwriter conditions and we respond. We got to be really careful with that thought pattern because we tend to take it into everything else we do. You know, like, it's like this pattern that we're in because we're conditioned and it's a good conditioning. You know, like when I played water polo, it's like, 
you have to swim 17,000 yards. So my shoulders were conditioned to do this, right. you know, to, to, to make the arm motion. And now my, my, my shoulders are sagging because I'm conditioned to be at a keyboard all day. Right, like, right. It's like, so we're, it's good to be conditioned, right? But guess what? My back used to hurt when I stopped playing sports and I would sit at my desk at work, my back hurt. My back never hurts now because I'm literally molded to my chair at my little battle station, ready to crank out some loans every day. The, the, the point I want to tell everyone is we have to all be conscientious if we really want to take ourselves to another level that if we can break that thought pattern sometimes when we're dealing in other situations, personal life and that's that kind of stuff, we're going to be better off. Um, you know, in that book, they say it, and there's another book and I, and I forget, but we can probably Google it and we figure out, but it's called the Tetris effect, where if I sit here and I play Tetris and I try to perfectly match those blocks in every time all day long, what's going to happen? You're going to start to find that you can't beat Tetris all the time. You know, sometimes those blocks aren't going to be stuck together perfectly well. So trying to get out of that, that Tetris effect um, mindset and just kind of getting more into the fabric mindset that we're here to uphold you and you're here to uphold us and remembering that their market may be different. So let's take a minute to kind of take a deep breath and, you know, not react when someone says, well, you know, your, your comp plan's too high. You're, it's like, you know what? There, there's no right answer sometimes. Right, sometimes right. you just got to take a step back and just say their market's different or this guy's MMI is huge because all he does is jumbo streamlines. Well, he's going to be dead in a year. It's like, why make that comment? Who cares if he's dead in a year? This year, he's a millionaire and he right, helped a bunch right. of veterans. What's the problem? So my feeling is that's what I would encourage everyone is let's understand that diversity in our community is going to be better. And it's better if we proceed in a way that we can also also find strengths in one another. You know, find strengths yes. in the guys that are different than us. And that you're like, ah, I don't know if I, if I really see things the way he does. Just take a minute. You know, just take a minute. Just know that we're all here for the same cause. Would you rather them not be in AIM? My dad says it all the time. He's like, do you want him to just not be on our team? Because he can go to the the enemy and then then we're he's really a problem. You know, like, you know, right, it's like, right. like let's 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 keep him on our side. Even if even if he's like, you know, like not the greatest to talk to, you know, hey, he has something he's doing different. He's helping us win. So um that's all I would say, you know, uh, you know, uh, try to we, we that we all try to do our best to kind of get out of our, um, out of that like routine hamster wheel of the conditioning. Hey, yeah. it's totally a cheat code. I love people that know how to condition fast. Believe me. Okay. I, there's an LOA on our team that does it well, but I tell her, Hey, when you go home today, make sure that you're not stuck in that with your daughter, you know, like don't, don't take that home, you know, or don't take that in other areas of your community. Sometimes you just got to make sure that we're not talking to our family or our friends or our community the way we talk to an underwriter. And guess what? You're going to be nicer to your underwriters if you do that at home. There's a there's an actual benefit there. You're not going to be, you know, berating underwriters. That's not healthy. That no one needs to do that. You know, it doesn't help anything. They're, they're doing their best. So that's a that's all. You know, I think that's that's from from me to everyone else. From a, a guy who's intense, guy who has a very high wire, guy who talks a mile a minute. That's what I'm telling myself every day. You know, taking advice from my brother, you know, like Christian's the the antithesis of what I just told you, you know, like of how I am. He's different. Cuberto Sr. is different. But guess what? If you saw us, we don't hang out that much in real life. When we do, we have a great time. But as a team, 
there's a diversity in our opinion that makes us a very good corporate team. So, so why would we knock down the strength that is also a weakness, right? Sometimes that's always going to be the case. You know, we're all here to uphold one another like a, uh, like a fabric. So that's it, Mark. You know, I think that's all. Dude, that's, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Everything you said here, this was a really, really enjoyable uh, podcast. I, I love your vision and everything. And, and, and I appreciate your time. I really, I really do. I've known you for a long time now and, and I'm glad. And, uh, you know, once again, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thanks, Mark. And, uh, you know, keep interviewing great brokers. Uh, it's, it's a really great thing you guys are doing for the community. So thanks a lot, Mark. No, my, my pleasure. So QB, thanks for sharing your insights with us today. So brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can listen to all the broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google podcasts and anywhere else you can get podcasts in all honesty. So do me a favor, please subscribe, please rate our podcast and leave a review. It helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. Once again, QB, thanks for being on today. This was a really enjoyable podcast. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group, and click to join.